And welcome in, Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. They got their big uh, ring engagement ring event coming up October 13th through 15th, 10 a.m. to 6 o'clock. You want to, for three days only, shop their largest selection of engagement rings, wedding bands, explore an extended selection of engagement rings, classic diamond wedding bands, and men's brands. Enjoy a special pricing. Enter to win $1,000 back on your purchase and a date to Chapleton Vineyards. And it'll be on them, by the way. Take home a David Gardner's gift card with every purchase as well. We're here in the Rollo Insurance Studio, and two things can be true here during the Go Hour presented by the Warehouse of CC Creations. Two things can be true. The team's made a lot of progress, and there's a lot to be excited about, and the offense is still a major issue when you uh, have a defense that helps create four turnovers and you still can't score more than 20 points in a game. That all being said, we on this show... And I know I was saying it. I think OB was saying it as well. I felt good about this game that they would have a, a chance. Did I think they would have a chance in the last play of the game? Probably didn't think that. But I did make a case for if they played the way they did in those two quarters against Arkansas for a full game, they would have a chance to beat Alabama with their backup quarterback. And that was exactly the case, OB. Yet, moral victories suck. It's not a moral victory. They're trending in the right direction. They got a long way to go still. Um, yeah, it was... a. Uh close loss and and uh, two days later I don't feel any better because a you see what is possible with this football team so you wonder why it hadn't showed up yet or before yep. that you know why do you already have did you already have two losses when you can go out on the road against the number one team in the country and play like that uh, but yeah you know if they can play like that from here on out, Nine, a nine and three finishes is, is realistic, but this Jekyll and Hyde team, what what makes you feel like that they're going to go out in two weeks and play a really good football game against South Carolina? They might. They absolutely might. Yeah, <clears throat> but how do you know that they will? I mean, what just because they played well against uh, Alabama, it should tell you, hey, look what this team can do, and maybe it gives them a. Uh, 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 collectively, a uh, frame to say, "Look, this is what we can do. This is what who we can be." But up until now, your whole persona is that only rely on the unreliable. Only rely on the unreliable. Look, the offense is an issue. We've known that. But I, I will tell you, there was a time I wasn't sure this team was going to be able to throw for 250 yards, and they did that. Uh, Haynes King did that, 25 of 46, 253 yards passing, two touchdown passes. He did have that very, very costly interception. This is what I'm excited about. Pass play never should have been called. Oh, you're talking about before the half? Yeah. 100% we were talking about. Never should have been called. Before the snap, we were saying, you know, I would would run the draw to A-chain. You got his better chance of picking it up with him than putting on – on uh, uh, Haynes at that time of the game. If you have Johnny Menzel and Mike Evans out there, hey, go for it and try to score in the last 30 seconds. But in that situation, and I know Jimbo was said in the af- after the game that he thought Haynes was trying to throw the ball out of bounds, but the more I've watched that play, I, I don't believe that. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, it's okay. I, this is the part where I am encouraged and intrigued. Fidel Diggs is starting to make some plays. For a while, he was missing in action. Four. I'm holding up. The, I know it's not showing on TV, but I'm holding up the number four. They, they rushed four. 
Yep. Duh. Imagine that. I'm going to run three against five. I can't get there. I go four against five with those guys. I, I can get there. Yep. Hello. So that, I'm encouraged by that. Evan Stewart started. Obviously, he was amazing on that final drive, but he started making the plays that we all thought he could. They threw downfield. Oh, my goodness, what a concept. Threw downfield? Yeah. They threw downfield. I'm encouraged by that. Um, and I'm encouraged by the fact that uh, Moose Muhammad can make a big play for you every time. Where has he been? Yeah, th- he did have one crucial g- oh, crucial drop. Yeah. But, you know, clean that up, Moose. But, I mean, there's so much. He could have had a touchdown there. a couple plays before, though, had they. Had they ma- and he made a great catch for it to be a 36 yard gain. Yep. But if you throw it better, it's a walk in touchdown. How about the almost? There's the interception you talked about, OB, right before the half that shouldn't have happened. Because, by the way, if you don't throw that pick, we don't know how the game's going to play out afterwards. But <laughs> under the same kind of playing, you're going to kick a field goal to win, not having to score a touchdown at the end of the game. That's part of it. Also, and I think Denver Harris is playing great. He's really growing up. If he makes that pick to start the second half, yes, different game. And how about not uh, getting a hands to the face on the very same drive? Yeah. But. Beyond that series, played a really solid game. I'm going to say this. You know, here it is. My, Dr. Hauser has told me, Olin, you got to settle down your blood pressure and all this. The real Dr. Hauser? Yeah, that's Doogie my, Hauser? Not Doogie. Oh. Kai. Yeah, he's my doctor. And he's a big Texager and all this. And hey. so we, we, whenever I go see him, which is more often than I should lately, uh, he likes to talk A&M sports. All right? But he said, Olin, man, you – you're going to start having to watch this, you know, with your blood pressure and all these things. And I start reliving it. And my blood pressure gets up. Jimbo Fisher. I, now, I'm one of those guys that want to see some changes in the offense, but I still think he's the coach. Sure. Uh, but he demands so much from his players. He's going to have to start demanding more from himself in terms of organization because A&M wastes way too many timeouts on stupid crap that if you don't have to call a timeout on defense in the second half, and if you don't have to call a timeout because you've let the play clock get, get so low, that you have play, you have timeouts there at the end, which could have saved you time. But And speaking of time, SEC officials, once again, when the on the pass interference call in the apparent interception, the guy took a knee. There's six seconds left on the clock. Alabama, I don't know. Somehow there's three seconds on the clock when A&M gets to run one play. Six seconds, you can run two. Well, now maybe, and I'm sure Jimbo would absolutely disagree with this, but just maybe, if you don't, if you're not having to worry about what play you're going to call next, you notice that you just got. Hosed. hosed out of three seconds, uh-huh. and you're raising hell with the officials, and you get those three seconds back. Yep. Okay? So, all right, blood pressures need to calm down. Let it stay. Well, I might bring back that blood pressure because I want to go over the last play of the game, which before we play, I have my angle of it that we're going to show here in a moment. Before I get into it, I didn't like the play call. I don't I, – I didn't like it because I would rather see A-Chain involved in the last play, either as a decoy or Preach. with the ball. Preach. Right? Amen, that, brother. But the play itself <clears throat> could have worked. It was too many ifs have to happen correctly. Um, yes, the execution, the ball's got to be thrown perfect, the timing. There's a lot of ifs with it. But let's take a look at it because there was uh, aggravated assault on that uh, play. Th- it was. But then you're asking, 
uh, SEC officials to make two PI calls at Alabama. So, bear hug, bear hug, bear hug. Sorry, that's a bear hug. Um, and you can keep it here for a moment because I want you guys to see a little bit of the uh, the, the reactions. There's a, a football player from Alabama throws a helmet. It almost hits our area. I, f- I think I'll turn to it here in a second. Um, there's Evan being consoled, Billy um, walking right by. I feel the, the helmet. There it is. Um, that's for those of you watching on the CW. But the players' faces, in, in, in a moment, I think we'll see Haynes. Um, and it's not as good of an angle that's on social media, which shows um, how distraught he was after that last play. Uh, but it shows him here for a quick moment. And uh, that the, those closing moments, as intense as it gets, being on the sidelines there with uh, Billy, with you, and Seth McKinney, it was cool. Uh, there's your buddy Ryan Fowler from Alabama. Uh, I think we'll see Haynes here in a moment. Maybe it was a different video that I had. I'm pretty sure we'll see him here momentarily. But that being said, final play of the game. Uh, it it was it was not the play call I would have liked, and he built, uh, Jimbo got scorched on social media for it. But there was a pass interference on the play. There was, but again, like now you're asking and even begging SEC officials. Which I'm almost shocked that they called the, the one first before. One. Yeah. It was obvious. I mean, everybody on the AM side, and I'm going to point at it, you could see the jersey being pulled way away uh, on uh, Donovan Green's jersey. Uh, but <clears throat> you're asking SEC officials to call it twice against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Ain't happening. So, it, yes, the, the potential was there. But what you're doing is you're asking a quarterback who has had some struggles to make this precise read and throw yeah. to a true freshman at that point of the to, to win a game in, in that environment against the number one team. I mean, so many things when, like you said, you've got the best player on the field perhaps and you don't even use him as a decoy. Is there in your playbook a halfback pass option? And if there's not, I don't understand why, because how many times has Devon A-Chain gotten swallowed just because everybody on the defense is just so keying on him that whatever he does, he just brings attention, mm-hmm. you know? So what if you were to pitch to him and he had the option to try to run and outrun people? Oh, but if 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 it's blocked, there's a uh, a receiver out and right. so that maybe you can throw over him. Let's listen to uh, Jimbo's opening comments here from uh, Saturday night's loss there to Alabama, 24-20. to Here's uh, Jimbo breaking down the opportunities that were almost presented. Credit to Alabama. they got a very good football team. They played well. They did the things they needed to do to win the game, made the plays. Um, Our team thought we competed very hard in the game, thought we played physical in the game, Uh, thought we were opportunistic, thought we did a good job. Defense, we were able to. We bent a little bit in the first half, but created turnovers. We were able to capitalize on offense, on those. We're good in the red zone. Moved the ball well. Uh, had a couple opportunities in the second half. Got to finish finish there. They're a good, but they're a very good defense. Their, their front's really good. Their front can rush and cause problems and get up front. And we knew it. We were chipping, sliding, doing all the things you got to do. But that, hey, sometimes just get when you get in that game, you got to go. But our kids uh, and they, they, a couple field goals allowed us to stay in the game right there, and we kept battling back and. Uh, Got down there and had a chance, and uh, kids played a good two-minute drive, took it down the field, and got the one last play, and had it was a good read. We just didn't get it executed in what we needed to do, but the decision was right where we were going and, and uh, what we did. But very proud of them as far as they competed. No moral victories or no such things as moral victories, but it does show you what we're ca- capable of and how we can play and the things we can do, and we got to play 
and regroup next week and play our tails off and get better and finish these last six games the way we need to play the rest of the year. And uh, hopefully this will give us some uh, vision, what we can be and what we can do, and uh, play better. All right, uh, there's Jimbo breaking it out. I do want to show one more video, Obi, that I showed to you. So Jaquiz Rogers reached out to me on Twitter and showed me what the play is supposed to look like, what he thinks the play is supposed to look like. Uh, Jaquiz Rogers played at uh, Oregon State, played in the NFL for a few years, the Falcons, Bears from the Houston area. Uh, he, he showed me what the route is supposed to look like. Let's take a look at it. And I, I know you, you've got some thoughts on it. The ball's got to be perfectly thrown right there. And um, for those of you who are not watching on radio, it's a, such a quick uh, return to the pylon, and it's got to be perfect time, the perfect pass to make that play happen, Obi. And those are professionals that run that play uh, as a job. Yep. And you know, the veterans in the NFL that have been playing for a long time, they're not – uh, and I assume in that case he's playing for the Saints, so I assume that's Drew Brees throwing to him, and it's still low percentage. So I've got NFL guys in that play, probably Drew Brees throwing, one of the best quarterbacks ever, and it's still a pretty low percentage play, but I'm going to put it on a struggling quarterback and a true freshman to do it all right just like that. And yep. you know what? Had it, I get what you're doing with Evan Stewart. I would have rather seen a, uh, a fade. Yeah. Or a slant, you know. But I, so I get it. You're looking for, and and if it works, we're all talking about what a brilliant, brilliant play call, tact to play call it was. But and it we work. were all wrong about Jimbo and everything. So uh, the bottom line is, there were other failures in the game that maybe it shouldn't even come down to that, but it did. You had a chance to you had a chance to win at Alabama and shut up all the people that have been giving you know, A&M fans, A&M program, Texas A&M and his university, Jimbo Fisher, everything, all the, the stuff, I'll just put stuff that, that A&M's had to take for years, and you could have shut them up and you put it on a, a, a true freshman receiver and a struggling quarterback to make a low percentage play. All right, let's uh, go around the room and say hello to the people out there. If you want to text the show, you can certainly do that on the A&B text line, 979 693 1150 AMB, a College Station branch of the Amarillo National Bank. Good Texas Banking, the website, amb.com. Nick Savage, behind the glass. Good morning. Howdy, good morning, y'all. Good, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Two really quick thoughts about the game. Totally not in-depth or anything, but one, that was the first Aggie football game this year that has I, I've like really enjoyed watching. It was fun from start to finish, even though the outcome you know, we all wanted didn't happen. It was still really enjoyable up to that last second. And two, I really... I'm excited that for the past three years now, even going back to 2020, A&M is really showing up against Alabama and, you know, giving them everything they want. So it's it's exciting to see that, you know, A&M is showing up against the best team in the biggest spots. Yeah, the the frustrating part about that is, unfortunately, they lose games that they shouldn't too. Like, they, they show you what they can be. Yeah, they just need to show up in every other game as well. Well, will be... <sighs> I'm sorry. I, um, coming close isn't good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if 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 it had been a matchup of top five teams, and you know maybe if you'd done a different play at the end and lost like that, and you would come around and say, "Well, A and M's five and one," and and th- th- this game right here, yeah, had had. Had you been five and one and won the rest and finished eleven and one with that, you're in the playoff. 
But, it, you know, it was a great effort. Yeah. It shows what you're capable of, which should make you even more frustrating. You're three and three and not even ranked. So I don't, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm, here it is two days later. I'm, I'm, I'm. You're more upset than you were of Saturday night. I, I'm, I am, um, I think that there's reasons to feel good about the future. And I mean, near future and distant future. Walter Nolan is a bad man. And I can only imagine what he's going to be like next year, right? Yep. Uh, some others, Shamar Stewart, you know, although you can go on and on. Um, but that game shows you that how did this team lose to Appalachian State, which lost to Texas State? Right? Yep. If if you play well and play like that or close to that all year, you go eleven and one, and that and that two-point loss gets you in the playoff at the end of the year because they're saying, well, look at them. Well, we want to see that rematch. But as it is, it's just a close loss. It is a close loss. Kay, I know you're there. You're going to have to hold on. I'm sorry, Kay. I'm I went here. on a harangue we, and took your time. We're ranting. When we come back, we will talk to Kay Nagley. Uh, we'll also get uh, the... What's the, what's the way we name the, the segment? I'm sorry. The, the turning point. And there were actually, I think, two turning points, and they're both to end halves, if you know what I mean. So we'll talk about that uh, when we come back. Right now we're talking about Caldwell Country Chevrolet Highway 21 in Caldwell online at caldwellcountrychevrolet.com. They've got com- complimentary pickup and delivery for service customers out there. So when you need service done to your vehicle, it doesn't matter if it's through Caldwell Country. I mean, it, the service would be, but if you didn't buy your car there, they'll still take care of you. Ask OB. I've done it myself, and I bought a car, but before I bought a car, from Caldwell Country. That's where we had our service done. They'll take care of you. Complimentary pickup and delivery for all customers out there. And they don't just uh, sell cars. They buy cars as well. So they'll give you top dollar on whatever they have out there. Zach Hester and his crew there at Caldwell Country are known for taking care of their customers during every aspect of the car buying experience. They're a small town dealership with a heart for serving the Brazos Valley. They're also a proud supporter and sponsor of A&M Athletics. Just a short drive away to Caldwell Country Chevrolet in Bryan. It's about a 15-minute drive, Brian and Caldwell. Short conversation away, but you'll see the difference when you step on the lot with the fellows there at Caldwell Country Chevrolet. Highway 21 in Caldwell and online, caldwellcountrychevrolet.com. That's life. It's <laughs> your jam right here? Uh, actually, that's a good tune, man. Isn't that the Frank Sinatra? Yeah. yeah. I love me some Frankie. Hey, it's Texas Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. It is the Go Hour presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. I told Kay Nagley we'd come hang out with her. So let's go there right now. Kay, good morning to you. Let's hang out. Good morning. It's Happy Kay's back. Happy Kay is back. Look you at know, that big smile. Look, it's like we won, but we didn't. Friday was, I wasn't feeling as spirited, but, you know, I probably shouldn't be feeling as spirited this morning, but it was a heartbreaker. But we did see somewhat of a different team out there and, you know, going toe-to-toe with the number one team in the country is not, not a bad thing. So so let me ask you this, because this is what I hear when, when people have that optimistic view. Mm-hmm. The response is, yeah, they didn't have Bryce Young. It doesn't count. I've seen Jalen Milrow play since high school because he grew up in the Katy area. And I remember him being committed to Texas when we played him. And I was like, dang it. Texas is getting a very good quarterback. Um, and then he eventually went to Alabama. So I always, I've seen Jalen play for a long time, and I would say that's one of probably his worst performances. Like I had seen him play great in high school. So that actually kind of shocked me. But Bryce Young is the Heisman. It was, did win the Heisman last yeah, year. Yeah, with so. Jamison Williams and uh, John Mechie and those guys throwing him throwing to a memory. He was yeah. pretty, uh, not to 
I mean, he's a great player, but he wasn't great without those guys in that championship game. So, uh, and he hasn't been necessarily great this year. Yep. In fact, I would say, and uh, I would say that there's at least you have to at least consider the possibility that A and M might have actually been in a better situation had Bryce played because A and M was was getting the pressure like they did last year, uh-huh. and when they pressured uh, 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 Young last year, he became. Pretty ordinary until he got was able to get the ball to Jamison Williams, who's no longer there. Right. What killed you with Milro? Milro still threw three touchdown passes. What killed you with him was his ability to extend plays and then his ability to scramble and make big gains, which I don't think Bryce Young could have done right. not consistently like Milro did. And plus, A and M had a. I could give you an arm's length the guys that were out for A and M. So stop with that crap. Hey, Kay. I know usually we do some news here, but can we? Do some breaking news, if you will. <laughs> oh yes, go ahead. I need. I we need the people need to hear this story. All right. So, have you ever been to a restaurant and all the dishes break, and somebody like did something bad, and you all turn around and look? Well, that happened to me. Um, Obi, let's tell the story because I didn't do anything wrong. No, but it was very embarrassing. But I didn't really get that embarrassed. It was the weird. No. Like usually, I would have been very embarrassed. So. Uh, we found a sports bar in Hoover, Alabama to watch the Mississippi State-Arkansas game and have lunch before we let head down to Tuscaloosa. And uh, just before we left, David decided that he was going to uh, visit the, the washroom. And there was a, a shelf of plates and <clears throat> uh, Halloween decorations and other things. Connected to our booth. Connected to our booth. David got out, flexed, Got into the the warrior position, I guess, or the crab. He, he busts into the crab, and his muscles are so immense that they they generated contact with the the table behind with, our table. Well, with our our the, our booth, yeah, which probably wasn't the most stable, right? And so the flexing made the table the the booth move, which made the 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 shelf behind it move rattled like an earthquake. It was a it was a Nuno quake, and the next thing you hear was you know it was like a it was like a Greek wedding. All the plates busting all over around us. Nick, pull it up like full screen because that's after we had already cleaned some of it. Some of it, yeah. Uh, I did that fake clean thing you do where you like you hope that the 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 restaurant will start cleaning. And so I picked up like a piece, but. Um, it was very embarrassing, but it wasn't. It was like, you know what? We're just going to break stuff in Alabama. Hopefully A&M breaks Alabama's hearts. And they almost did. They almost did. Had on that last play, had the, had the A&M offense flexed like uh, David did. If A&M had as much offensive muscle as David has, and some of that muscle is offensive, then A&M would have walked out with a win. Instead, we just walked out with a bunch of broken plates. I want to show you exactly what I did, though. This is it. I'm going to show you, all right, for those watching on the CW and YouTube. Okay, now you got to break down to the crab, though. What? <laughs> Literally, I just, you know, you put your hand back, engage your core a little bit. That's not what I did. Too much muscle. No it muscle. is. He is. He just he, he doesn't know his own strength. He's exactly. kind of like uh, just the Hulk. I really force want. walking through I Alabama. think he was angry like the Hulk, and you don't like him when he's angry, and mm-hmm. he breaks plates when he's angry. You know, I... There was a part of me that wanted to pretend like he did it. 
you know, like when somebody does something in class. And then, because then you can blame it on you can blame it on the old guy. Yeah, like like if somebody in class farted and you're trying to, or you know, trying to, or maybe you did and you're trying to pin it on somebody else. That's exactly what I wanted to do. (laughs) That's exactly what I. All right, let's get one news note in here, uh, Kay, if you don't mind. Yeah. So first of all, happy fall break to all my students. I know College Station will probably be dead uh, up until Tuesday, which is always nice. And then A&M Soccer's Mally Hayes punched home a game winner with 3:20 left in the match to send the Texas A&M Aggies in a 2-1 victory over the number 20 Ole Miss Rebels on Sunday afternoon at Ole Miss. The Aggies are now 1-4-1 in the SEC, and they will return to Ellis Field for Friday's 7 p.m. contest against the Auburn Tigers. Thank you, Kay. Appreciate you. Of course. Okay, you didn't. You you felt like not answering. <laughs> I, not, there was no, a I long did. delay. I was just taking a breath, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see how it is. Okay, right. answer him. We don't want him to get upset and start breaking stuff. I know. If he pushes that chair back, I think it's over for all of us. Oh my gosh! You know, I, I told my my family the story. Like everybody looked at you. It's like the entire place turned around. It was one of those really embarrassing, but not embarrassing moments. It's Alabama. Who gives a a, a <laughs> care? Who gives a care? Yeah. Who gives a darn? Pumpkins are going to be flying again this fall. I don't know why I had an accent there. That was, I don't, it was started with a, I don't know what kind of accent that was. At Millican Reserve. Join them for their 10th annual Pumpkin Palooza and Fall Harvest on October the 15th and the 16th. It is a weekend full of uh, filled with fall activities for all ages, including pumpkin chunking, a live concert, fall themed kid activities, outdoor fun, a trail race, and much, much more. Don't miss the pumpkin chunk. Good time at Pumpkin Palooza, October 15th and 16th there at Millican Reserve. For more information, you can purchase your tickets at Millican, excuse me, at pumpkinpaloozabcs.com. They got the festival on the 15th and the 16th. That's from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. They've got the music festival on the 15th at 6 p.m. They also have the Pumpkin Palooza trail run on the 15th at 7 a.m. Again, that website is pumpkinpaloozabcs.com. Pumpkinpaloozabcs.com. Tech Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers in the Rollo Insurance Studio. It is the Go Hour presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. All right, uh, I've got some text messages to get into here in a moment, but I do want to uh, go through the turning points of the game. Obi, you touched on it early, but the uh, to me, there's two turning points. Obviously, the last play, you have a chance to win. That's the turning point of the of the game. We'll get to that. But uh, at right before the half, you told me before the play. Don't do anything dumb here. Run a draw. Get the ball to a chain. If you get the first down, you have a little bit more time to play with. But if you don't, you survive and go into the half. Yeah, I just I, – yeah, again, I don't know if that's a turning point or not, but I do know that that was a a, a, a huge mistake. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, quite frankly, I think – I'll say I think that was bad coaching. I think, once again, you're trying to do – stuff with somebody at that point who was struggling. And it's not just on Haynes. It was struggling with pass protect. And uh, how many times do you have to give Alabama points at the end of the half? I mean, I'm talking about the series since until you start figuring out, you know what? They're going to get the ball to start the half. If you have the if you if you're on the other side of the 50, different. Look at where you are, who you got, how much time you got. And it just didn't make sense. To put yourself in that situation, it wasn't as egregious. And Aggies will remember this: as Dennis Francione running a sweep to a running back against Nebraska when Nebraska had no timeouts left, and the running the freshman running back runs out of bounds. Right. You know why put your guy in, in that, that position? position? Right. And I think that 
And I would say that if Jimbo was here and he would tell me why I'm wrong and he wouldn't change my mind, that was the wrong play to call. Run the freaking draw because if – if I'd still say this. If A-Chain breaks a tackle, you have a big, better chance of a big play in that situation than you did uh, with Haynes under pressure. What about the amazing catch in the fourth quarter by Evan Stewart to continue the drive alive where – I don't know how Evan came up with it because there was two guys right at one in front, one behind. And I thought from our angle where we were in the end zone, it looked like a pick to me. Probably should have been a pick, but somehow Evan came away with it. It shows you the kind of ability that that guy has and why he's going to be uh, an amazing player. Not just a good one, but amazing player when you when you when and if you get some uh, offensive problems worked out. But you know he's going to be a focus uh, for the rest of the year, I would think. But it's, it's another example of why I, quite frankly, if you're going to throw it uh, on that last play there, uh, I would have rather seen a uh, a fade of some sort. You know, throw yeah. it up high and let him see if he can't jump up and get it. Right. Yeah. And uh, the 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 final turning point of the game was not executing or not getting the right play call or whatever you want to call it, not getting the pi on the final play of the game. So, so many different ways to go about it. I didn't like the play call. Most people didn't. Um, and, and it's a results business. You either win or you lose, and they're three and three. And people are asking, how can you feel okay with lo- I'm not okay with losing. Don't mistake what I'm saying. I'm trying to bring some positives out of this loss, and the positives that I'm seeing is I think Haynes King got better. It's not enough. I'm, but I'm saying he, he has improved a little bit. Um, I, I think that Evan Stewart finally had an Evan Stewart type of game. I think that defense showed us that this, you know, McKinley Jackson makes a huge difference on that defensive line. He mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. Those are the things I took away from it. I took away a team that had hasn't given up. You, no, you no. know, now and and some teams do give up. They do. I think the positives that you have. All right, you mentioned Evan Stewart. I mentioned Walter Nolan and and Shamar Stewart and you know Anthony Lucas and a whole bunch of guys. Uh, uh, but uh, and uh, Cam Dewberry. Cam was great when he, he came, came in. He came right? in and well, you know, he made, they got better. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say, you know, he was he's ready to be all world or anything, but they got better when he came in. So but I don't know the fact is you played well or you played a lot better and you but you lost. There are positives that might be gained from this, but we don't know until we see where they go from here. Which is why I hate the bye week right now. Right. As much as they probably need it. Mm-hmm. I hate it because I want to play right after this game to see who this team. I don't want to wait two weeks to take on a team that I think you should beat on the road, who came away from a, a nice victory regardless of backup quarterback or not there at Kentucky. I want to be. I want to see what team shows up at South Carolina, and I don't have to wait two weeks for it. Go six and zero in the second half of the season, maybe five and one. But I'm thinking you go six and zero the second half of the season because you're playing like that, and you're playing with that intensity and that kind of. I don't effort and and you clean up things and then you say you know what it's a disappointing loss but look at what positive came out of it but if you go back to hey who's the who are these guys that one one week they play really well against Arkansas for for three you know two or three quarters the next week you don't know what they're doing against Mississippi State Obi, I have said this, and by the way, what I'm about to say, everybody listening has said it or thought it, but if you get this team to be an average offense, average, I'm talking 
60th, not 120. Okay? Average offense, what's your record? Well, I think it's five and one, or at the very worst, very worst four and two because uh, but maybe five and one because you had a chance to do some great things against you beat App State, State with an average offense. With a, oh, without a doubt. You beat Alabama, this Alabama team with an average well, offense. You're, you're right in that game. So maybe you're five and one with the loss to Mississippi State. Average. I'm not saying Ole Miss from last year. I'm but, not saying Mike Lee. I'm saying just an average but, offense that team does. And, that. and that's true. But what we can't do is we can't just not look at AM's other warts as well. The linebacker play yep. is, is, is heinous. Uh, I see linebackers on a weekly basis running into the piles instead of the holes or overrunning plays. Now, I, I know I get it. Uh, probably very few players can cut back like Jameer Gibbs did. But after the first two or three where he cuts back and has long gains, maybe you start figuring out that, hey, I got to make sure I fill this hole. Linebacker play has been a problem. And yeah. what is Ole Miss going to do against when, when you get to that game. And quite frankly, South Carolina runs the ball pretty well if you're paying attention to them. They're, they're not throwing it as well they thought with uh, Rattler and their offense hadn't right. been very good, but they can run the ball pretty decently. They can, and you and this has been a huge problem, stopping the run. Uh, let's go to the news and social center. Kay's got some text messages for us. I do. Matt in San Antonio says, I'm extremely proud of this team and how hard they fought. No moral victories, but from a fan standpoint and a locker room standpoint, with the bye and 14 days between A&M games, you want to feel optimistic about the second half of the season, and Saturday's performance gave reason, gave reason for that optimism. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there's reasons to believe this team can win their, these games, and there's also reasons to believe that they'll lose these games, and that's the frustrating part. Uh, but potentially the the saving grace, right? Like you can win, you could, you can go six and zero at Kyle Field. I like your chances against anybody. I know they Except lost App State. State. <laughs> yeah, I know that. But I, I, I don't, I don't think they're the same team today that they were against App State. Haynes King is not the same quarterback he was against App State. He has improved, regardless if it's not enough against Alabama, one of the best defenses they're going to face all year long. By the way, it has improved. It's not improved to my liking. No. And I do think at some point we're going to get Connor Wegman time. I don't know when that is. I don't know if that's going to be against South Carolina. I don't know if it's going to be against LSU at the end of the year. But I do think at some point, if this is your offense, you got to see what you have with that young man. Uh, agree wholeheartedly. And I personally think that it should be against South Carolina. Now, what I personally think means absolutely nothing. Right. But that's what I personally think. And the, and the line's got to get better. And that might mean Cam Dewberry being I want to see more Cam Dewberry yeah. because I've seen enough of you know what's been going on at that position, especially since Moko got hurt. It's just not enough. The guys have been there just have not performed. They have not performed. Um, and it's unfortunate, too, um, that a, a program that has recruited offensive linemen at a very high rate cannot have balance on the offensive line. We knew that there was going to be a step down at that left guard position. We would say that A&M should have been better. They're not, but they should have been better at four of the five positions in the offensive line. They're not because, quite frankly, the the veterans haven't played as well as they played last year. Mm -hmm. But we should have had to be better at four of the five. The, The one that we knew we wouldn't be as good at was at left guard with Kenyon Green gone. You're not going to replace that two-time All-American. We're just hoping that the the decline wasn't major, and it was. It has been. Yep. Cat uh, asks, uh, David Olin, is it fair to ask at the press conference why the O-line still can't pick up stunts and twists? How many times did Will Anderson fly untouched on a stunt? 
and Will Anderson may be the best pass rusher in the country, and Dallas Turner's not far behind. Uh, it's fair to ask, I guess, and the answer would probably have been that, what I just said. Look, if if you do that against Alabama, it's somewhat forgivable because they do that against everybody. Um, uh, if you do it next week, then maybe <laughs> it's something that has to be asked even more. But I'll tell you the answer. The answer is, well, we just didn't execute. So Will Anderson, two total tackles, one solo, one tackle for loss, eight quarterback eight hurries. Eight quarterback hurries, yeah. yeah. So I'll give uh, give uh, Haynes King credit there for being able to get rid of the ball when Will Anderson was bearing down on him. Unless, and I, my, my uh, memory doesn't serve me well here, was he under pressure from Will Anderson when he threw that interception? I don't remember. Right. I don't. I know he's under pressure. I don't know if it was Will Anderson. I don't remember. And that one, you can't take the safety, take the, or I mean, take the sack, take the, uh, if you can't, if, if it's true that you don't have enough on it to throw it out of bounds, which I don't believe, uh, but take the intentional grounding. Yep. Yep. I agree. All right. Let's do this. The, the, you say, well, you know, the intentional grounding, you gotta have, you know, real thinking the kid that was beat on Alabama that was beat on the pass that would have been a touchdown to Donovan Green. He knew I'm beat. I will interfere right. because getting the the fifteen the interference penalty is better than giving up the touchdown. Hence the uh, the second to last play of the game. Think smart, play yeah. smarter. Yeah. All right, let's hit a break. We'll come back. Final uh, text messages here on the Go Hour, presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. It's Texax Radio. Texax Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers, here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Uh, it is the Go Hour, presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. John Boy asks, uh, do you think our play calling, this is on the YouTube page, by the way, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do it. I know a lot of you watch on YouTube. We do two hours of the show on YouTube. Subscribe to it. Many of you watch on the CW. Uh, I'd like to hear where you watch from, by the way. Let me know or hear where you listen. I know many of you listen on on podcasts later. The Zone, obviously, was where a huge part of our audience comes from. Just text us on the AMB text line. Let me know. Uh, but John Boy says, do you think our play calling was more aggressive on both offense and defense? I do, says John Boy on YouTube. Uh, I agree. Uh, in fact, uh, defensively, they did what I've been calling for, what we've all been calling for. They, they rushed four guys, uh, uh, which I think made a difference. Uh, offensively, quite frankly, I only had – I can only think of two plays that I really thought was were bad. And, again, it's the, just for the half when they threw the interception, then the last one. But – the the touchdown play Donovan Green's touchdown to play Green, that was very uh, creative and a, a heck of a call um, something apparently they've run before but they it, did against it, South Carolina two years ago for a touchdown to Jalen Watermeyer right 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 but it felt like this offense that felt like so long ago like this offense I couldn't see them doing it and they did it I thought it was an outstanding play call uh, the deep pass to uh, Moose Muhammad if it had been a good pass it's an easy touchdown yeah. I mean, now there's where you look at execution. I mean, it was there. Uh, and it's never a bad play to give the ball to uh, Devon A-Chain, but sometimes you've got to anticipate, I think, that what how the defense is maybe reacting to A-Chain in a certain situation. Yep. When he's had a couple of long runs, it's a good time to play action pass off, and they did some of that. They did a little bit of that. They did. Let's go back to Kay Nagley there at the News and Social Center. 
David Franklin says, The Aggies play so much better as underdogs. They must learn how to play like they're backed into a corner at all times, even when they are favored. This includes the coaches. Easier said than done. Yeah. Um, they should, I mean, they should have the underdog mentality the rest of the year. I don't know that they will. Well, I don't care who you're playing. You should go in there like you're underdogs because you're three and three. You are. Yep, you are. What else, Kay? Uh, people on the YouTube chat are asking if y'all know the um, if y'all know about Haynes King's foot injury that he was dealing with throughout the game. Jimbo mentioned it at the press conference. Didn't say that, and I don't think they knew at, at that time the, how extreme it was. I'm, I'll see if Billy has any info on that, but I don't. Doesn't sound like anything that would keep him out. Yeah, he he ended up playing, you know, the, the whole game, and they're going to have two weeks uh, to get him ready if the, if there is a problem. So uh, that's I would expect probably expect that he's starting against South Carolina. And that said, I still think in some way you need to see Connor Wigman. Yep. Is it Wigman or Wegman? Wig. Wig, that's what I thought. Yep. So need to see Connor Wigman. Was there a point in that game you were like, they're going to give this kid a look? No. I mean, I just thought. because it was close enough. Yeah. 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 But I, I did think, what would it look like? But the line, again, struggles in pass protection, you know? <laughs> and they ran the... Zone read a little bit more effectively, especially first play of the game. I don't know if it's a zone read, but he Haynes kept it. Haynes kept it for 15, 16 yards. There were some other times they were trying to run it. I, I wonder if Wigman is going to be able to run it more efficiently or yeah. effectively. Let's hope so, man. Um, all right, so you don't feel you feel worse than you did Saturday night when we were driving. No, I don't think I feel worse. I felt pretty damn bad Saturday night, you know. Right. But what I'm saying is I hadn't. It still stings. It still stings. And that's going to sting uh, for a long time because you had that opportunity after taking so much uh, guff for so long. Yeah. Guff is usually not a word that I in, in my vocabulary, but I'll bring it out because the word that I normally use that's in my vocabulary, I'm not supposed to say. Maybe we should do an OB word of the day with um, with the social center there. I and, like that. You know, and Culture. you can like old man words. Yeah. yeah. I didn't guff. I don't, I don't think I've yeah, ever guff. heard that before. Yeah. So. I don't know if we can save time on that much tomfoolery. When we come back, Billy Lucci, your text messages as well. Um, and if you want to call in the show, we'll take your phone calls at 979-693-1150. OB in the Go Hour, presented by Warehouse at CC Creations. Thank you. Talk to you guys in a bit. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.